Hey, welcome back to That Plumbing Podcast. I'm Brandon the Plumber, and today we're going to be talking about the three vitals that you should be checking at every call. So when we talk about diagnosing the entire system, this is one of the tools that we use to do such. Think about it when you go to the doctor and they're going to check your vitals. They're, they're pretty much always going to check your what respiratory rate, your pulse rate, your temperature, your blood pressure, oxygen saturation. These are basic vitals that help the doctor determine what is wrong with you. And in the same way, the three vitals that help us as plumbers determine the condition of the entire plumbing system is the age in general, you know, when was the house built, when was the faucets replaced, when were the angle stops replaced, so the age of the system in general, the water pressure coming into the house. I'm sure each state is a little bit different, but here in Phoenix, it can't be over 80 PSI. So if you're getting, you know, 90, 100, 110 plus, this is going to cause problems because the the equipment inside the house, especially stuff like reverse osmosis or like smaller plastic fittings, they're not designed to handle that much pressure. And depending on your your setup, that pressure can go up or down depending on the usage of, you know, say the people around you in your neighborhood and whatnot. And the third one is water quality. What's in the water that comes out of your tap? I'll speak from my experience here in Phoenix is we have terrible water quality. It is extremely hard. There are high amounts of calcium in the water. Uh, 15, 16, 17, I've seen up to 20 grains of hardness coming from the city. And so what that does is the calcium actually, it's in the water and say like you're washing dishes, the calcium will actually be on the dishes like once the water dries, you'll get uh, calcification and buildup on the aerators inside angle stops. Just anywhere that the water is, you'll start to get calcium deposits. And so do they have a softener? And not to mention the high amounts of chemicals in the water because living in the desert, we use a lot of reclaimed water. But everywhere you go, there's going to be some sort of chemical treatment, I would assume, in the water to make it safe, quote unquote, safe to drink. So are you're drinking all of that, all of the chemicals used to treat the water. The high chlorine content, aside from smelling bad, it can also cause skin irritation. It can cause the seals, the O-rings to fail prematurely. So does the customer have filtration? Is filtration or the lack of filtration probably the cause of the issue that you're trying to solve? So this opens up an entire opportunity for us to serve our customers better by actually diagnosing the entire system and finding the underlying cause of the original reason why they called us out so that they're not continually calling us back out for similar issues. I mean, what if you're in a house 30 years old and they have all the original angle stops, one starts leaking, you go in there and yeah, you could just go ahead and fix that one leaking angle stop. But after talking to the customer, building a relationship, diagnosing the whole system, you find that all the angle stops in the house are original. And actually, last year, we replaced one in the upstairs bathroom. And then about a year before that, we replaced one in the kitchen. So now is an opportunity to offer them complete replacements of all angle stops in the house and offer filtration options so that they don't have to worry about this problem for a very long time. I spoke on the previous podcast about going into a customer's house for a flapper replacement and ended up selling three toilets because all the toilets were 
39 years old, and they all had a weak flush. You know, so there's age for that one. Pressure, pressure, can't be over 80 PSI. If so, you need a pressure-regulating valve. Uh, so you got that you can potentially replace. If, they, if you install a pressure-regulated valve, then you technically need an expansion tank at the water heater. While I'm at the water heater, I might as well do a flush, check the anode rod. So you see, it's, this is a, a gateway into opening more opportunities. Not to sell more and not to, you know, make the customer buy more. No, it's, it's, it's doing your due diligence as a professional and being thorough and inspecting the entire system and being honest with the customer. I mean, don't try and scare them. Don't tell them that because it's 82 PSI that all the pipes in their house are going to explode and they're going to come home one day and it's going to be flooded. That's not necessary. Remember, education over persuasion. We are simply educating the customer on why the system needs a PRV and what are the potential side effects if they do not install it. And then just let them choose. But you can now say that you... You brought it to their attention and there's no, because I tell you, if you have a customer with 120 PSI and you go to fix an angle stop and let's say sometime later, another one leaks, floods their house. And let's say they call out another company and that company checks the pressure and then tells them that, well, yeah, I can see why your angle stops are, are leaking. You're at 120 PSI. I tell you, then that customer is going to blame you for not checking. Why didn't they check my pressure? Why didn't they check it? So you see, if the customer doesn't know what they don't know, but once they know that it should be or shouldn't be over a certain PSI and they don't want to buy a PRV, well, then that's fine. They made that choice, but you did your part by offering it to them. All right. So just to recap, we have age, water quality, and water pressure. All right. So the next question is, how do I transition from a symptom problem like a leaking angle stop to inspecting the entire system and not coming off salesy? and not coming off like I'm trying to sell stuff. And keep in mind, when I say these things, it does not have to be verbatim. It shouldn't be verbatim. You should take the idea, the concept, and adapt it to your own personality. Because if you sound like you're like rehearsing a scripted line, or if you sound robotic, or if it, you know, the customer picks up on your tones and inflections. And so it has to come from a place of sincerity. And if you're, if you're trying to trick them, then they're probably going to sense it. So what I like to do, let's say, is leaking angle stop. It's dripping. I get there. I take a look at it. And I say something along the lines of, okay, I see what the problem is. Now I'm going to inspect the rest of the system to make sure there are no other issues. So you acknowledge the initial problem, and then you don't really ask the customer. You just kind of imply that this is the next step because it is the next step. It should be the next step. When a, when a doctor asks you to you know roll up your sleeve so they can take your blood pressure, you don't ask or he doesn't ask you to do it. He just says to do it because that's part of the process. So again, you could say something like, okay, I see the problem. Uh, let me go ahead and I'm going to check the rest of the system to make sure that nothing else is affected. Because if it is a high water pressure issue, you do want to check the rest of the system because it's probably similar other angle stops with similar age and the same water quality is a potential that they could be starting to fail as well. Now, there are different school of thoughts on this, but me personally, I like it when the customers follow me around. I like it when I can kind of, it gives me an opportunity to talk to them and build rapport and ask questions. And then I kind of, 
show him what I'm doing. And I kind of, because again, remember, we're trying to educate the customer. And if we can take them through and show them what we're seeing, then at the end, when we offer water filtration options, he understands why he needs it. It's not just uh, taking my word on it. He saw the calcification on the uh, aerators. They saw the, he saw the angle stops frozen. So it's important. I think it's great if you can include the customer as much as possible in the diagnosing process, but not like thinking in plumber terms out loud, like talking to the customer and educating him along the way. And when it comes to water quality and which one you should offer your customer, it really depends on what they're looking for in water filtration. Because, well, I'm going to give just a very broad explanation of the different types of water filtrations. And this is, this is not science. This is not very technical. It's kind of just basic. So I, when I explain to the customer, I like to explain that you have, you know, three or four different water filtration options. Really there's three, but so you have a softener, a softener uses salt to actually remove the calcium from the water and exchange it with sodium. Despite what the marketing tells you on other products, this is the only way to get true, quote, soft water. Next, there's a carbon filtration, and this one removes the chemicals from the, from the water. So the chlorine, the chloramines, this is the one that can improve taste if you're going to be drinking from it, but it does absolutely nothing for the calcium that's in the water. Your water is just as hard, except now there's no chemicals in it or less chemicals. No, those are the two main options. Then you have some of the lesser known options like a saltless softener, which is you know, it's not soft water. It's not technically a softener. But what it does is Nouveau makes some, Evo has some, they're canisters. And the water enters the canister and it encapsulates the calcium with science. And then so it doesn't clump together and it doesn't stick to, wall, to walls. This doesn't do anything for the chemicals. So this is a saltless option that encapsulates the calcium so it doesn't stick to anything. Now Nouveau and Evo, they have like two canister systems where you can add a carbon. So now you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. There's also hybrid filtration systems where it's a carbon and a real softener in one system. You still have a brine tank, but it's one tank with both of them in there. And so that's kind of like when you're you're getting the best quality that possible. Now there's UV and stuff like that. It's not really popular here in Phoenix. Or if you have a larger house, you can have two standalone tanks. You have uh, your softener and then your carbon and then the brine tank. Also how they have the saltless systems, there is a tanked system that regenerates that does similar things that it, uh, it encapsulates the calcium so that it doesn't stick to anything. And I'm going to work on having someone from one of our suppliers come out and really get into the details of the different types of filtration systems. Because this is, especially in a place where you have low water quality, like here, most less than half have filtration. So every house you walk into that doesn't have filtration, there's a legitimate reason why they should have filtration. And so all these different opportunities are coming from one leaking angle stop. And there's nothing salesy, there's nothing wrong about bringing these issues to the customer's attention, educating them and giving them options. In, in fact, if you ask me, it's kind of unethical to not bring it to their attention. As the professional, they're paying you for your expertise and your knowledge. What if you went to the doctor 
and you got an x-ray and he saw a black mass on your lungs, but you weren't there for that, so he just didn't bring it to your attention. Like, that would be terrible. You would be very upset. Sue him. You know, if you see something, if a doctor sees something abnormal or it looks like it could be a problem, he is ethically obligated to bring it to your attention. The same thing applies to plumbing in all service trades. As the professional, if we see a potential problem, we must bring it to the customer's attention and give them options to solve it. What they choose to do, that's on them. They don't have to do it. You need to CYA yourself and let them know and give them options. It's the right thing to do. And to top that off, every call is the same. It doesn't matter what the call is, residential, commercial, these three vitals all come into play. And I keep a, I keep a pressure gauge in my side pocket. I check every house, every house, even if they already have a PRV. I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've replaced a PRV because it's failed, but you don't know if you don't check. Have information, have material on the different types of water filtrations that you offer available, pamphlets, online documents, anything you can find to educate the customer better so they can make an informed decision. So if you're not doing it, I challenge you to at least check the pressure at every house. Practice transitioning from the symptom to diagnosing the whole system. Remember, I see I see the problem. Now I'm going to go ahead and check the rest of the system to make sure nothing else is affected. Pay attention to their response, and that'll tell you if you're coming off salesy or if it's not believable, it's not uh, genuine. And in the beginning, it probably won't be because you are you know, trying to force yourself to learn a new tactic. And once you get to the place where it does come off natural, the customer's not going to question it. And if the customer objects and doesn't want you going through the house, maybe they've had a bad experience with other service professionals in the past, that's no problem. Respect their wishes. Don't be pushy. And just note it in your invoice that customer didn't want you to check anything else so that they something else does happen, they can't come back on the company and say, why didn't you check anything out? You know, CYA. All right, that does it for this episode. Happy Friday, and I will see y'all next week.